Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with your host, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Parthenia is a psychologist and certified natural healthcare practitioner who will show you alternative paths towards health with a holistic approach. Call in with your questions or comments at 888-235-7374. And now here's the host of Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Good evening, good evening, good evening to those of you listening to our live broadcast tonight, August 14, 2012, and hello to those of you listening to an internet archive within a few minutes of the show close or rebroadcast some other time. Great you remembered our time. Yes. Tuesdays, live, Wednesdays and Thursdays with rebroadcasts, and all of this can be listened to anytime from the Internet Archive. And yes, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time here on Blog Talk Radio. And there is a link on my website uh, to take you to the radio program. Now, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parthenia Izzard, here on Blog Talk Radio on the Internet. Now, to call into the program, call 619-789-6835. That's 619-689-6835. Or you can send an instant message during the program through the link on the Blog Talk Radio homepage. Now, to find the program without the link in my e-card, and of course you only get that if you're on my email list, you have to go to the Blog Talk Blog Talk Radio homepage and enter in their search engine the name of the program, Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, or my name, Parthenia Izzard, and it will take you to the show page. page. <laughs> any problems with any of the internet links, give me a call at 866-472-6094, of course, after the program. Now, for those of you new to the radio program, uh, on this program we discuss alternative medicine therapies, related products and issues, and we do it with the experts. Only try the therapies shared here after consulting with your physician. Now, last week, Tuesday, August 7, 2012, my live guest was Jerry Gavin. Uh, I'm hearing uh, feedback in my headset, so hopefully you're not hearing that. And it makes me pause, but anyway, I will persevere. Uh, Jerry Gavin is the author of Messages from Margaret. Now, if you missed that program, you can go to my website at www.amtherapies.com and click on the radio link to hear that show. Uh, For appointments with me, and yes, I'm making my set up primarily uh, secure online video conferencing. Uh, And for general information, you can call 866-472-6094. Again, 866-472-6094. As a gentle reminder, you can purchase my autographed copy of the book I co-authored, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health, on my website. Visit www.amtherapies.com to make that wonderful resource a gift to yourself and or friend. You can also follow me on Twitter as Alternative Medi. And don't forget new skin supplements and beauty products where beauty and wellness meet technology. 
Now, today, tonight, after the news, um, I'm going to be talking with Sally Anderson. and She's the author of Free Fall, Living Life Beyond the Edge. And at the end of tonight's program, we will discuss Wood Bettany uh, and the Asana Anatasana. Now it's time for our wellness news. Okay, this is from Science uh, Daily, and this came out today on Uh Scientists have devised uh, new strategies to destroy multiple uh, myeloma. Uh, myeloma. Some of you know what that is. You will get more information as we go as I go through the uh, news information. Okay, and you know I get this from Science Daily, uh, which is an online resource. Uh, researchers at Virginia Commonwealth University Massey Campus Center are reporting promising results from laboratory and animal experiments involving a new combination therapy for multiple myeloma. Now, the second most common form of uh, blood cancer. The study published online in the journal Cancer Research details a dramatic increase in multiple myeloma cell deaths caused by a combination of drugs, uh, obatoclax and flavopyridol. Uh, researchers led by Stephen Grant, MD, and Shirley Carter, Olson and uh, Stuart Gordon Olson, Chair in Oncology Research, uh, Associate De- Director for Translational Research, Program Co-Leader and Member of Developmental Therapeutics, and Member of the Cancer Cell Signaling, Signaling Program at VCU Massey Center, uh, Cancer Center. Uh, they found that the two drugs worked together through different mechanisms to promote a form of cell suicide known as apoptosis. Now, uh, quote, there is an urgent need for curative therapies for multiple myeloma, uh, says Grant. Our hope is that this research will lay the foundation and more effective treatment for patients with myeloma, uh, which I would be referring to as MM, and potentially other blood cancers which uh, adequate therapies are lacking and Now, Obatoclax is an experimental agent currently being investigated in various forms of blood cancer. It works by disabling proteins that prevent cancer cells from undergoing apoptosis. Now, Flavopyridol is a member of the class known as a cyclin-dependent kinase, or CDK, inhibitors and blocks the growth of cancer cells in addition to reducing levels of anti-apoptotic protein. I'm sort of tripping over my tongue tonight, but bear with me. In laboratory experiments, the novel drug combination dramatically increased MM cell death. Now, these results were confirmed in animal models where the drug significantly improved the survival of compromised mice with human MM. An unexpected effect was also observed. Lavoperidol, in addition to reducing levels of anti-apoptotic proteins, significantly increased the expression of apoptosis-inducing proteins such as BIMP, a protein shown in previous studies in cell death. Quote, still nearly a decade of work carried out by our laboratory 
manipulating mechanisms that lead to apoptosis. Uh, in hematological malignancy, our findings we have immediate indications with the sign of the using combination of these types of drugs. In fact, plans to develop such a file at NASA are currently underway. Uh, because the findings show between drugs and test other clinically relevant CDK inhibitors in combination with abatoglax for MM. Okay, very good. Now, um, as I said earlier, my guest this evening is going to be, or is, uh, Sally Anderson, and she's the author of Free Fall. And um, we'll be back with that in just a moment. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative medicine therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi light therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when alternative medicine therapies with Parthenia Izard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. Okay, that's enough of that. (laughs) I give up on that. Anyway, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom. With me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parthenia Izzard. Now, I want to remind you about the autographed copy of the book I co-authored that you can get on my website called 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health. And we, as we know, nothing is more important than your health. But between the overburdened medical establishment, blaring, crisis-driven health headlines, and our own hectic lives, finding the information you and your family need can be next to impossible. We're here to help. We bring together 101 of the top minds in radically different branches of the healing professions to give you 101 simple, workable ways to attack disease, overcome unhealthy habits, and live your life to its healthiest potential. Follow the link on my homepage. It's a beautiful blue book link. Okay, now... 
my guest, Sally Anderson. She's one of the world's foremost thinkers in personal transformation. Now, as one of New Zealand's top leadership coaches, inspirational speakers, and seminar leaders, Sally has inspired thousands of people from uh, feeling disempowered in their personal and professional lives to experiencing outstanding, sustainable results. Sally has 20 years of corporate experience, during which she was a program director for some of the world's leading Fortune 500 companies. Her unique personal perspectives, traumatic history, and eventual mastery as a transformational coach provide a rare combination of talents. She teaches people from all walks of life how to achieve unrecognizable results, both personally and professionally. As founder of Sally Anderson International Limited and Free Fall International Limited, Sally has shared her prop proprietary free fall education strategies at retreats and seminars for nearly a decade. Okay, well, welcome, Sally Anderson. I, I'm glad to have you on the program. How are you this evening? Uh, privileged to be on the program today. Okay, now, um, free fall. How did you come up? Well, first, before we get into that, why don't you give us a little information about your background, your upbringing, and how that sort of ties into your interest in this particular book? Sure. Uh, I've been a professional course junkie for about 25 years. Name a course or a book or a CD. I've probably listened to it, read it, and or attended it. And uh, I was always looking outside of myself for the answers. And I found it very difficult to sustain the change. I also, from a corporate perspective, would implement very large cultural change programs, but I knew they wouldn't get a return on their investment three to five years after I walked out the door. So my whole fascination began around this elusive thing called sustainability, that if you're going to invest money into change, let's make sure it's sustainable. And over the predominantly the last uh, decade, um, the amount of people that I've met that have tried, you know, the counseling, the psychotherapy, the um, the array of personal development courses on the market, but they still haven't experienced the level of transformation that they want. So part of the reason why I wrote the book was to give people permission to actually consider that there could be another way. And the education that I've developed over the last 10, 20 years, uh, it's the before and after application of the education throughout the entirety of the book. I then share of my past at the back of the book to give credence as to why I do what I do and why I think the way that I think. And I'm pretty committed to being able to reach as many people as possible, giving them a solution to answering that question as to why they haven't been able to sustain the changes of anything that they've tried to implement in their past. Okay, now you dedicated your book to your husband, and, and you say their dreams do come true. Now, is that referring to the writing of the book uh, and the publishing of the book or something else? I always like these little personal things. <laughs> Well, I've been a professional single woman for a good 30 years. Um, I always had to, I lived into self-loathing, self-hatred to the extremity. So even if a great man came along, I'd have to sabotage it. So I became, I've got my doctorate in self-sabotage, doctorate <laughs> in martyrdom, name a doctorate in any dysfunctionality, I've got it. And so when he showed up, um, you know, I believe life's a bit like a chess game. All the pieces need to be put in place before it can go checkmate. And he was a pretty pivotal part um, to come into my life at that time. And he had come from an extreme uh, violent background. He had also been uh, hugely betrayed. And uh, the irony, I was actually coaching 
in New Zealand, uh, the culture here is the Māori culture. And I facilitated a family gathering of about 50 of his family members. So I've coached every member of his family, uh, which is quite unique. And I met him and uh, I facilitated a conversation with him for three hours. And in, it was in that facilitation that something happened between us. I was there in my professional capacity. I was very confronted from that standpoint. And um, the journey over the next uh, three to six to 12 months, um, we've now been married uh, two years, been together three years. And he's now just recently been appointed to Chief Operating Officer of both of my businesses as we launch into the United States. Ah, wonderful. Okay, so dreams do come true. Yes, wonderful. <laughs> now, in your in your book, you have. I, I like to give people a feel for what they're going to find in the book. So, sure. if you bear sure. with me a second, I want to read the headings of the different chapters. You've got twenty here, just to give them a feel for uh, you as a writer and what's the content of the book. Now, in the first section, uh, is your life in default? Uh, two, the seeker who cannot find. Three, why I don't believe in depression. Four, what do you want for your life? Five, a world where nobody hurts anymore. Six, it's all in what we make things mean. Seven, embrace your saboteur. Eight, get acquainted with your greatness. Nine, consciousness creates commitment. Ten, what to do when you get stuck. Eleven, extraordinary relationships. Twelve, become your vision. Thirteen, nowhere else to go. Fourteen, spiritual discipline. Now, part two, well, part one is entitled Ending the Never-Ending Search. Part two is entitled My Life Apprenticeship. Then 15 is The Day My Life Changed Forever. 16, 20 years in hiding. 17, the return home. 18, climbing my Everest. 19, everything is in perfection. And 20, free fall. Where do you want to begin? Can we begin at the beginning, or is there a certain thing that you want to say before we get into the, you know, really talking about the book? Um, well, it's always helpful to have a context. So, yeah. as far as your listeners are concerned, uh, I'm a true believer that you know everybody has a story, uh, but your story uh, is not who you are. Your story is the backbone of your character of how you actually show up in the world. So I share a lot about my past to give credence as to um, what I've been through, but not for the purposes, it's not only from an inspirational standpoint, but I've pretty much proven that I can, uh, I have overcome some of the most extreme adversity uh, over my life. And when I look at, there's a lot of people in pain out there. And I believe the education that we've developed has the ability to be able to alleviate people from their pain, both personally and professionally. And so obviously the book is a medium for that, and we are looking to launch our seminar series throughout the United States in 2013, which is really exciting. And we only take 12 people per seminar, so it's very private and uh, very intentional with reference to giving people another way of looking at what could be possible. And most of the people that come into our education have tried everything else. Um, there's three criteria normally of people who are attracted to this education. People who are already successful, wanting to go to a new level of trajectory. People who are in some form of transition. And third, people who have tried everything else, the landmarks, the avatars, the Anthony Robbins, uh, the cross-section of counseling, psychotherapy, and so forth. But they still haven't experienced the transformation that they want. 
so that's what excites me about the possibility of uh, people experiencing something different and giving them permission to actually question that there is another way. Okay, good. All right, so um, let's start. Well, first of all, why, how did you come up with Freefall? That's a beautiful title, and I love this little feather that's on the cover. It's really nice. It feels so gentle. Well, most people's relationship to any type of free fall is that it's kind of like you're out of control. Mm-hmm. And from my perspective, I'm, I've been, from a corporate standpoint, I've been an extreme control freak, um, high, high-level project management. So I've been striving, driving, forcing for many years of my life. And the thought of trusting and letting go was the complete uh, opposite of anything that I could uh, really cater for, considering the type of work that I used to do. Uh, the irony is what I, I believe that what you're here to learn is what you're here to teach. So mm-hmm. I believe that I'm here learning to trust, let go, and surrender, and that's actually what I teach. So the visual of the feather uh, is that uh, letting go, trusting, does not have to be a you know a dark night of the soul experience. It can actually be something that liberates you. And more often than not, you know, when you look at the analogy of a bungee jump or um, skydiving out of an airplane, apart from that initial letting go piece, most people actually report that they enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's the analogy that I use. Wonderful. Okay, well, uh, your life in default, never-ending sir. Okay, why don't we just sort of start with the kinds of things that would bring someone to you? Great. Um, well, I believe moment by moment by moment you're in one of two states. You're either in an empowered state or a disempowered state. And most people oscillate between those two states as a human being. Uh, the education that I've developed focuses on what I term the default identity, that disempowered state. There are a cross-section of education curriculums that will teach you how do you deal with fear, how do you deal with anxiety, how do you deal with overwhelm, the cross-section of different disempowered states. Personally, I view that all as just default-based thinking. Mm-hmm. So part of what we've developed and proven um, is the ability to, how do you die at that default level of identity and be able to sustain being in your power all the time? Most people are looking for external circumstances to shift before they experience that elusive thing called happiness. Of it's course. Like the car, the boat, <laughs> the dog, the house, the man, the dog, yeah, you know? yeah. and then I'll be this thing called happy. So part of uh, when people are in this disempowered default state, they're normally very serious, significant, and dramatic. So the type of people that are attracted to this education are people who have, uh, as I said before, you know, they've tried everything else. And... The intentionality of the three days, it is an immersion, uh, and in, within the program, we set it up over a three-day period. Uh, day one, we explore breakthroughs. Most people tolerate a lot. Uh, they're unconscious to uh, the pain that they experience in their lives, because if they got present to the cost, they'd actually move in a heartbeat. So we live in a disassociated society, both personally and professionally, and part of awakening people to become conscious of the things that they tolerate, most people are stuck in the how. How seems to be the death nail of all possibility. And yet it's the best strategy from the default to keep procrastination and or the lack of transformation in place. So day one we set up as breakthroughs. You know, I do what I call live coaching, throw anything at me, any place, anytime, anywhere, on anything. That's really where my expertise lies. Uh, and I'm a coach intuitive, uh, so I facilitate conversations in a live environment. Uh, and regardless of whether they've been running for a lifetime uh, or whether there's specific dynamics with different areas of a person's life, uh, they get the distinction about where they've been operating. So one of the examples I'd use would be 
I do a lot of reverse psychology. So I'll ask an audience, you know, how many people have been trying to lose weight? And, you know, it's been two years, <laughs> five years, or ten years. Hands up. How many of you have been trying to uh, sort out your finances? Two years, five years, ten years. I dare say whenever you talk about your finances or, you, or your weight, you say you hate this or you dislike it or you're frustrated by it. My reframe would be you love it because what, what you complain about is actually what you're more committed to. Mm-hmm. And part of what happens on day one is that we actually get a sense of humor about, oh, my God, it's me. I'm the one that's keeping the dysfunctionality in place. Mm-hmm. Now, the irony is it's not like people don't know that, but there's a difference between knowing it and being present to it. And because this default identity that I keep talking about, this disempowered state, when we're in that state, we're serious, significant, and dramatic. Uh, people don't want to own uh, where they're op- why they're operating there, why, why it continues to be the way that it is. And so we facilitate uh, when you can understand, you can take your power back. You can't transform something until you own where you're operating. So day one is all about uh, imparting a lot of the education so that we can actually go and use it. Day two is core beliefs, where we actually, to me, beliefs run everything. Uh, I have a unique process that we could never, ever film. Uh, it is, a very, again, a very reverse psychology-type approach uh, where I believe everybody has a core belief that they're unaware of that is driving them at their core, but from a dysfunctional perspective. Uh, and that's facilitated on day two, again, with a lot more live coaching. And then day three, and then the feedback forms that we get, day two is the most cathartic day for people because it is such an unorthodox process, but it gets phenomenal results. And I've had I've had psychiatrists and counselors and doctors witness the um, witness the education uh, specifically on day two, and they've said to me, "We need this in psychotherapy." I said, "I know," but uh, part of there's a timing for everything, and from my perspective, being able to launch in the United States, especially when you've got a chapter in your book called, you know, I don't believe in depression, uh, it's a bit <laughs> controversial. Um, I need people backing me. You know, when you've got profile, you've got clout. When you don't have profile, you don't have clout. And for me to be able to make inroads into anybody working with the human condition, it's going to take something. And then into day three, we go into what I call extraordinary relationships. And to me, what is the point of being in a relationship unless it's extraordinary? And my distinction around um, extraordinary is to come from love, to be a contribution, to listen to people as great as the norm, and then to manage this thing called default behavior as something separate. We have a tendency of collapsing somebody's default disempowered behavior into who they are. And every human being on the planet, I believe, deserves to be loved, deserves to be contributed to, and deserves to be listened to as great on a you know moment-by-moment basis. But I'm just playing that game in the corporate sector, which is um, <laughs> quite challenging. Um, <laughs> So what happens in the three days, the whole focus is not what, what happens in the three days. It's when the rubber hits the road when you leave. Because I find that people get that shot of euphoria, they feel great, and they go back out into their life and same old, same old. I'm not interested in people spending money with me where they don't get a return on their investment beyond their comprehension. Um, and there's a lot of sharing. I do a lot of um, the I'm, – I'm completely opposite in the realm of counseling and psychotherapy in the context that I am, I'm all about full disclosure. Uh, and I believe that part of what I'm wanting to teach those those industries uh, as this education gains more momentum uh, because we are able to prove that every single person who's come into the seminar who has been on any form of drug and or depression drugs prior uh, has has become drug-free as a function of the education. I've had people who've been in the system for 30 years. Uh, they have been diagnosed with every disorder from bipolar to severe, you know, um, 
severe depression to, uh, I mean, the last woman had been in the system for 30 years. She'd got a psychiatric report, a 26-page psychiatric report, three days before she came to seminar. Uh, her testimonial read that she learnt more in three days than she had of 30 years of being in the system. She'd never, ever uh, had a functional job. Uh, she realised that she had psychoanalysed her default for 30 years uh, and paid for the privilege of it, uh, and that she had never witnessed anything that gave her the sustainable tools to be able to turn her life around. Now, in saying that, I don't say that lightly, um, because in my book it, uh, there, it has created a lot of reaction. Its intention wasn't to be controversial, and the fact that I don't believe in depression, I'm very clear that when people feel depressed, that's very real for them. But my, my issue with that is that they, they are disassociated from what it is that they're experiencing. They go to a doctor um, to get support, and they are prescribed drugs to disassociate at a, another level, and we legalize that and say that's okay. I've got a bit of an issue with that, mm. as I have with people who go to a counselor for 15 years and they see them every week to still keep the story alive. Yeah. So I'm playing a, playing a bit of a game there, Dal. No, hey, no, everything you're saying makes a lot of sense. And uh, in this day and age of eclectic approaches to psychotherapy or counseling or just consultations, it definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, Now, when you talk about what do you want for your life and uh, being, what was, there was a phrase you had, being your, uh, being what it was you wanted, being the vision, being becoming your vision and things of that nature. Um, three days and in the course of the three days, they get through this or it gets them on the path <laughs> to it or what is, you know, and especially for people who are not yep. in Australia, how do they have to travel to Australia to be able to have this experience? Uh, all of that <laughs> was flying through my head. Got um, it, got it. I'm with the program. Um, first of all, I'm based in New Zealand and uh, we're actually oh. uh, Australia's, <laughs> it's a bit like calling a, an American a Canadian type thing, you know. Um, but we're looking at launching in the United States. We're looking at Sedona, Palm Springs, uh, Miami, Florida, New York, and San Francisco as the five locations. But because we only take five, uh, 12 people per seminar, it is a very personalized one-on-one uh, experience. We find that if the course numbers are any bigger than that, that it loses its uh, the impetus of the course content. Uh, to answer your question, uh, the angle I'll take will be, I talk about a thing called unrecognizable transformation. Most people don't even experience transformation. Uh, so I talk about this unrecognizable transformation. I had somebody in my audience question me, Sally, if, it, if it's that unrecognizable, how do you recognize it? And my response to him was, well, in your current level of awareness, I'll agree with you. But when you die to this default level of identity that I talk about, you become completely unrecognizable to yourself, a bit like the caterpillar caliper uh, chrysalis butterfly type approach and so I've proven that there are six key things that have a human being sustained being in their power all the time and your comment about becoming your vision is one of those six key things so uh, if it's okay with you I can just quickly walk you through what those six components are on yeah. how a human being can sustain being in their power all the time does that work for you sure most definitely okay okay good so, and this is where I can prove how the default is working. So, if there's a stake in the ground and that's the disempowered state, and we've said that for decades, uh, and then there's a stake in the ground and that's your empowered state, uh, part of 
uh, when I facilitate conversations with people. I'm not interested in, in them spending money with me regurgitating a story from their past. More than happy to have a contextual understanding of uh, where they're at and what's going on for them, but I coach to cause, not symptom. When somebody's talking to me, I'm a linguistic person. When they're talking, those are the symptoms, but I'm wanting to hear what's causing it so that we can actually alleviate it from ha ha happening again. So my entire focus um, and how I train people is to focus on these six key areas. And by osmosis, you will just be begin to observe your default behavior, get a sense of humor about it, lessen in its ability to have its impact to be able to then, your new default almost like becomes the empowered state. So the first of the six key areas, I call them the six pillars of being able to sustain being in your power all the time. The first one is goals. You know, if you're not clear on what it is that you want, it's very difficult for the universe to give it to you. But there are a lot of people out there <laughs> who use a lot of excuses, oh, I don't do goal setting because it constrains me, or some other um, detrimental um, relationship to goal setting. If you are crystal clear on what it is that you want, then your disempowered state cannot impact you. The second is vision, mission, purpose, and core values. Uh, it's a four-pronged process. First of all, we define what that is. We then go out and share that in the world, which is where we get confronted. Who am I to make that level of change? Well, from my perspective, who are you not? Third is the ability to integrate once you find evidence and then become your vision. So I, I don't... Um, I don't do a nine-to-five job. I'm pretty much 24/7. I'm very passionate about what I do, uh, given that I can get, I can spend the rest of my life being able to give back what I've learnt, considering the severity of what I experienced in my own life, and I understand what it's like to be in shoes um, where you have no control over what it is that you're experiencing at that emotive level. So, in the context of vision, mission, purpose, and core values, vision is what are you doing here? Mission is how do you accomplish that? Uh, purpose is your why. Why do you get up in the morning? Why do you do what you do? And then the core values are the opportunity to reinvent yourself. A lot of people have values, but they don't live true to those values. So when you look at that process, to me, legacy is the most profound conversation you can facilitate with a human being on the planet. What are you doing here? What is your DNA uh, calling you forth to do? What is your unique magnificence? And Part of the reason why people can't shine to that degree is because they are operating from what I call their default identity, this disempowered state, which is always stemming from childhood. So it's always the child running the show. So if you're not clear on why you're here and you're not clear on what you want, then it's obvious that the default would win. The third is healing childhood wounds. Uh, you know, It doesn't take a rocket scientist. If you haven't healed your past, uh, it will always be in your future. The past only lives in a thought. We're the ones feeding those thoughts. Uh, and people aren't aware of what it is that they're getting out of it. Uh, so healing chart, we're true believers in the integration of coaching and healing to be able to get full reintegration. Uh, the fourth is uh, completion with parents. They are your first primary male and female role model. Uh, so if you, are, if you do not have healthy relationships with either parent, you have difficulty within uh, that particular gender as far as relationship is concerned. Um, integrity, responsibility and commitment equals freedom if you do not experience freedom as a way of being every moment of every day it is a function of where are you not committed where are you not responsible and where are you out of integrity now the irony from the default perspective is most people have a very low level relationship with their spoken word most people have an adverse uh, relationship with uh, responsibility and commitment it's very weighted from the past uh, thereby not experiencing the freedom that they want.
So I train people that if you're wanting to experience freedom, which I very much think is possible, especially as you dissolve the default identity, uh, it's a function of where am I not committed, where am I not responsible, and where am I uh, out of integrity. And the last one is pay off the cost and choice. People don't realize that the length of time that they spend in the disempowered state, they're getting something out of it. So in the study of ontology, the study of what it is to be human, they distinguish that there were certain ontological payoffs that people get. They get to be right about their situation. They get to be justified about their point of view. They get to dominate, manipulate, and control. They get to be a victim, feeling powerless to change their situation. They don't have to be responsible when they're in that state. Most people will always respond with, I'm not getting anything out of it. But when it's been running for decades, <laughs> they're obviously getting something out of it. But mm -hmm. they're not present to what it's costing them. They can rattle off the cost, but if they were present to the cost, they'd move in a heartbeat. And so part of being able to have people, you know, what would your life look like if everything you, th everything you think, say, do, be, forwards your game? But most people don't know what their game is. Okay, hold that thought for me so we can go to break. Folks, you're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izard, here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. Now, when you go to my website at www.amtherapy.com, you'll find the link for purchasing skin products. Remember to put in the code USW909911. We'll be back with Sally Anderson, author of Free Fall, Living Life Beyond the Edge. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi light therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. Natural Healthcare Practitioner, Parthenia Izzard. Now, I want you to know my live guest next week, Tuesday, August 21, 2012, will be Harry Gaines, author of Fitness Beyond 50, Turn Back the Clock. Check the website to see who will be rebroadcast next week, July 13, 18, and 19, Now, at the end of the program next week, we will discuss the herbs Wormwood and the Asana Sutta, Padang Salsa, and we're back with Sally Anderson, author of Sweet Living Life Beyond the Edge. Call 619-789-685 for my guest. Okay. Um, can you pick up where you left off? <laughs> sure. Uh so unrecognizable. You were on quite a roll, and I hate to interrupt, but I did have to. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, 
I mean, I, I love laughter, and this, I just led a seminar on the weekend, actually, and the level of laughter about some of the most serious things that have had people for decades. Um, what excites me is that uh, so long as you set a context for people um, and that you're framing it, that it, there could be another way. Um, and, you know, I mean, my approach even around facilitating conversations around suicide and so forth, it's amazing what people are running in the background that you have no idea of. And to me, humor is a fantastic platform to be able to, first of all, shift people's state, uh, have people observe what's going on. I mean, the conscious mind goes through four phases when anything's happening. Recognition, evaluation, sensation, reaction. So when you are in reaction with any disempowered state, be that fear, anxiety, pressure, overwhelm, there's a difference between believing that that's real versus uh, through the power of awareness-based training, being able to be an observer of the reaction. An example would be, I'm, in, I'm feeling fear right now. Okay, good. What's really going on? Recognition. The evaluation piece, 100% of the time, you're always feeding some past and or future-based projection. You're either out in the future creating a world that's not even here yet, or you're dragging in something from the past. Having distinguished that, you can then shift the sensation once you're clear on what are you motivated by, what are you committed to. And once you those two things, once you know what that is, then you're able to shift the reaction. And it's going from that stage of unconscious incompetency, the 15-year-old getting into the car, it's all a bit clunky, you don't know what the hell you're doing. You get into your car now, you don't even think about it, you've become unconsciously confident. So I believe the there is a journey to master oneself for those that are interested in leading an empowered life. And uh, when I look at having been a course junkie for 25 years, having seen people spend the amount of money that they do on their personal transformation and tolerate not getting it, uh, A, personally, I'm not wanting to be involved with that, but B, I am wanting to bring a whole new level of unprecedented authenticity into the personal development movement because I'm very much an open kimono coach. Uh, what you see is what you get. I do not operate over the top of anything. Uh, and I believe the, the more open you are, the more that you can elicit, the more that you can see at a sensory level. Uh, and, you know, as far as your listeners are concerned today, we've actually um, uh, put a download, a free download, on uh, one of our websites for the for the book, and it's about the Extraordinary Relationship chapter uh, in the book. And well, now, we now, that that you that, now that you mention that, because I, I want them to have a way to get in touch with you and to get the book, why don't we just pause for a second, and you can share the web address and any other contact-type information you want. Okay. So www.freefallbook.com, uh, there's a link to Amazon so they can uh, purchase a book through that medium, or there's a free download um, on the site as we speak uh, about extraordinary relationships, and love to talk just quickly on um, that uh, subject, uh, considering that the, what we're seeing with what the education is doing for couples um, here in New Zealand. Uh, and then we also have another website called www.freefallselfimprovement.com. I write a blog article on a weekly basis. That's, again, another free resource. There are hundreds of articles on that site on every dysfunctionality known to man. Uh, my perspective uh, with the application of my uh, education across it. Uh, so uh, that's a... if. Uh, Anybody's uh, needing any reading at the moment, there's a lot of re reading on that particular <laughs> site, and both are free resources that, could, that they can go and check out. Very good. Okay, now, um, relationships, since you did mention them. Um, yeah. 
talk talk to us a little bit about your concept of relationships and how best to uh, evolve within them. Sure, sure. The two most or without areas of my life. Yeah. The two most dysfunctional areas of my life were relationship and finance because that all had to do with self-worth. And the irony is the most powerful areas I coach in are now relationship and finance. Go figure. Uh, so what I've developed in the area of relationships, uh, I have it, uh, again, because of the area that we specialize in, this whole default identity. We have what I call a default listening of those closest to us, a negative, disempowered listening that we're not conscious of. An example would be when I facilitate with a married couple. When you are in a default, default-based interaction, you're triggered, you're disempowered, engaging with the other party, which triggers them and has them be disempowered, which I call default, default. When you're in that type of engagement, what do you think? How are they occurring for you? Normally it's not nice how they're occurring. So as an example, the husband may say, my wife is occurring as demanding and the wife may say about her husband he's occurring as useless so when they call for coaching i go are useless and demanding having a good time because that's actually who's having the relationship mm. and in my observation default default based interaction in relationship is not just um between you know a married couple it's between human beings so part of what i'm standing for is creating power power based cultures be that in a one-on-one relationship or power power based cultures within a corporation we're just pitching into one of the top banks here in New Zealand to be the preferred leadership development provider of 276 of their leaders and this 5,000 staff. And the idea is to create a conscious organization where from the top down they adopt the education, where they create a power-power-based structure. What would it be like if everybody who communicated with each other was done in an empowered fashion? It's not so much what you say, it's the way in which you say it. And what we're finding is that especially uh, people who are who've ex- who have never really truly experienced freedom in the context of relationship, whatever that is for them, be that personal or professional, that the application of the education is giving them insight into how to facilitate different levels of conversation. That particular conversation that I facilitate with a couple, I can also do when I go in and do a team uh, building uh, exercise. I'll have the CEO in the room, the staff will be sitting around, I'll facilitate what is your default listening of your staff member. The CEO confronted in front of all of the staff will say, I can't say that. I said, no, you you can, because obviously the staff can see me facilitating in front of them. And the CEO will say, um, you know, bloody incompetent. Um, And so the staff member will then respond, giving them the opportunity, how does your boss occur for you in this moment? And obviously they're confronted, but, you know, we've set it up that it's all okay. And the staff member will say, um, you know, um, bloody demanding. And so I go, hey, okay, good. So when you guys are communicating, um, you know, that that's who's having the relationship. So if you're wanting to have any level of um, any breakthrough with that type of engagement, first of all, you need to understand how you're listening to each other because you're going to find enough evidence to sink a ship. Now what happens is that they all get a sense of humor. They laugh about it. Oh, you're doing that again. Okay, good. And then they park that and then are able to actually have a civil conversation. What's fascinating, though, when you're facilitating in a group environment is that the next minute somebody turns to the other person and says, what's your default listening to me? What's your default? And it becomes (laughs) you're talking about something very serious, significant, and dramatic, but it's done in a humorous way. And it just really breaks the ice for people to be able to actually communicate and be heard, uh, which obviously is something that I'm committed to. 
Well, now after the three days or after the you know the period of uh, working together directly has expired, what contact can these same people have with you after the fact, if necessary? Correct. So we we're looking at launching into the United States um, in 2013. Um, and part of the structure that we've set up, the whole model that we've set up here in New Zealand, when somebody finishes a seminar, they have the opportunity to either work with a one-on-one uh, free-fall coach for a 12-week period to integrate uh, the teachings. We also have what's called Free-Fall Fridays, which is a <laughs> community-led initiative. It's free. It's a resource, and it's only open to people who've experienced the education. We'll set Free-Fall Fridays up in every location that we set up internationally, and it's driven by the community. And people go to network to socialize, uh, stay in the conversation. They can get coaching because there's always free fall certified coaches at the forums. Um, And I'm very big on paying it forward. So it's an opportunity for them to um, share anything that's going on for them, anything, you know, if it's a business, it's almost like become a new business networking opportunity because we're very big on everybody promoting, you know, what is it that's going on for you? What do you need support with? Uh, How do we support you? What's then transpired outside of Free Fall Fridays is that, uh, and obviously as we gain more uh, certified coaches on the ground, we definitely want to be able to have more US-based coaches, given the advent of launching over there this year, um, that they also run one-day forums for people, um, being able to, um, on a quarterly basis, such that they can come in and do a another refresher, get exposure to some of the new education that's coming through. So we're we're very focused on what happens post the seminar, um, and we are ongoingly developing ways and means of being able to introduce um, uh, support mechanisms uh, for people. Uh, and I eventually would love to consult into the likes of Anthony Robbins, Islamic Education Avatar, and so forth, the larger organisations, mm-hmm. because I believe we need to take more responsibility for the post um, experience versus just the actual experience, given that less than one to three percent who attend the more larger personal development uh, organizations, uh, they have difficulty in being able to sustain the change, and I believe we as organizations need to take more responsibility for that post-implementation piece. Okay. Now, um, there are two things I wanted to try to touch on a little bit before the end. We're coming up on the end of the hour, obviously. And um, I I wanted to know if you touch on the self-sabotage issue and then uh, this concept of a world where nobody hurts anymore. Great. Uh, I believe everybody at a level is a self-saboteur. The base belief of most human beings is that they're not good enough. The fact that we in our education system are not committed to raising the consciousness. You know, we we still teach one- to three-dimensional thinking within our schooling system. One- to three-dimensional thinking, from my perspective, is the realm of meaning. You cannot suffer unless you're living in the world of meaning. And most people don't realize the meaning that they attach to what they experience in their world. So from a sabotage perspective, uh, I mean, the majority of my clients are between the age of uh, 30 and 60 and upwards. Uh, they have a very powerful inner critic. To be human is to have an inner critic. Nobody talks about it, yet it annihilates human potential. I'd like to see mastery of the inner critic in the schooling system. Uh, I know of no other education system on the planet that teaches people how to silence it. We were born connected, born fearless, born intuitive, and then we forgot. I don't need to teach people that. I need to uh, remind them to reclaim that as their birthright. So 
I believe because people are unaware of their default identity, uh, they don't realize the degree to which they're sabotaging their lives as a function of where their thoughts are focused. How many books do we need to read that say, be careful what you think your thoughts create your reality, yet we're not disciplined in where our thoughts are focused? The analogy that I use is that when people are driving in their car, they don't stay on the static channel. They try and tune into the music. Most people don't know what their music is, and most people are listening to the static. And to me, the static are four frequencies that human beings listen to every day, and they're the only frequencies that disempower a human being. One is fear. Two is the inner critic. Three is issues, problems, and challenges, which people love to feed every day. And fourth is confusion. How convenient you don't know. You don't need to be responsible. So those four frequencies, I assist people with being able to form a new relationship with those four areas, to be able to get reconnected, to be able to rehear their intuitive voice, and to be able to lead a fearless existence. Because personally, you know, for any of your listeners who've had children, um, you know, when the kid is trying to trying to walk it, you know, and it falls over and it walks and it falls over, it's not making it mean anything. It's it's a process that it's going through. Um, the children are in uh, the being the state prior to any form of probably about the age of three to five is when the default starts to form. So at the base of most people, they have no idea that they are the ones creating their reality or the dysfunctionality in their life. You know, they're this isn't it yet there is somewhere else to get in that place called there and there is no there there's only the now moment and you know training people to live in the now moment is also something that's um i'm very passionate about so a world where nobody hurts anymore from my perspective is living in a high level of consciousness and i love the word equanimity the ability to remain undisturbed in the face of perceived good or ill fortune it can't be good can't be ill unless you're making it mean that and most people don't realize that moment by moment by moment when something happens that disempowers them, there's what happens, but then there's what they make it mean. And then what they make it mean about themselves, and 100% of the time, from my perspective, it's always the child running the show. Uh, I had a guy in my seminar this weekend who I've known for 30 years, one of the top brand strategists. Uh, the degree to which he has operated out of the little boy that he's not good enough. Uh, and yet, you know, it's usurped, I mean, the fact that he's achieved what he has in the face of it, but to actually watch him on the weekend take his power back in a way that he never has, and he's a very highly trained man, um, it's a very rewarding, rewarding vocation. Well, very good. I, I usually ask for final words of wisdom, but I think that's going to have to suffice. And it's very good. <laughs> very good words of wisdom. And uh, I want to thank you for this evening and uh, wish you a good rest of the evening. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Thank you so much. Have a good night. You take care. Okay, Bye. folks. Bye-bye. It is now time for our herb of the day. Um, now, today's herb is um, wood betony. Uh, the parts used medicinally, and again, this is according to Balk and Balk, who are my resource for this information. Uh, the parts used medicinally are the leaves. Uh, some of the phytochemicals include caseic acid, abetine, <clears throat> chlorogenic acid, rosmarinic acid, uh, tannin. Some of the nutrients include chlor chlorine, no it does not, choline, <laughs> magnesium, manganese, phosphorus, 
According to Malkenbach, it stimulates the heart and relaxes muscles, improves digestion and appreciation of food, good for cardiovascular disorders, hyperactivity, nerve pain, headaches, and anxiety attacks. Uh, They caution that you should not uh, use during pregnancy. Okay, now it's time for our uh, sauna. Tonight's sauna is Anantasana. Um, And again, my resource for this is Iyengar. Um, You lie on the back, turn onto the left side, keep the knees straight, feet and legs together, extend the left arm along the floor beyond the head, bend the elbow, take the head slightly back and support it. Press the armpit down, extend the right arm along the right side and balance. Squeeze the buttocks slightly together to move the sacrum in. Press the outer edge of the left foot down. Inhale, uh, turn and bend right leg up, knee facing the ceiling. Take the right arm in front of the leg. Catch uh, with the thumb, index, and middle fingers. Straighten the leg up, turning it outward in its socket to that, uh, so that the inner leg faces the same way as the front of the body. Turn the buttock with the leg. Stretch the back of the knee and heel up. Tr- uh, Tuck the kneecap in, pull on the big toe, and let the toe pull uh, the leg upward. Of course, you're not pulling very hard, but uh, this is how to function within the posture. Uh, Keep the right elbow straight and stretch the arm up. Balance for 20 to 30 seconds, breathing evenly, keeping the head facing forward. Uh, Release the arm and leg and repeat on the right side. Uh, and again, this is uh, the Iyengar way. I feel that book has the best explanation for how to do various and sundry postures and how to relax within the postures. Okay, so now um, I wanted to uh, remind you again that when you go to the website and you want to purchase new skin products, you have to type in this code, U as an umbrella, S as in Sam, W as in water. So that's USW9099101. That way I get credit for giving you the information. And as you recall, new skin products include supplements that, um, with the incorporation of nanotechnology, are more efficiently assimilated into the body. That's um, for the supplements. Now, the beauty products are enhanced by an age lock technology that promotes youthful skin. I call new skin where beauty and wellness meet technology. Now, I also want to remind you that if there are any of you looking for uh, real estate in Pennsylvania, uh, the main line especially, or the general vicinity in Pennsylvania, Delaware Montgomery County, Montgomery County, call at 866-972-6094. I have an exceptional broker to refer you to. Simply call 866-472-6094 and mention code 5656. Okay. Well, you've been listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified healthcare practitioner, Parthenia Uh Remember, next week, August 21, 2012, my live guest will be Harry Gaines, and also Neon 
turn back clock. Check the website. Great. Next week we will deliver um and stop 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 link on my website. Program lot I thought it was a with your resume or make inquiries or give suggestions about this. Uh, and, uh, on my website and uh, 